Hello and welcome to the No Room for Doubt podcast. My name's Kyra Matthews. I'm a manifestation obsessive and I help creatives and independent business owners overcome self-doubt and anxiety so they can build thriving businesses online. So let's get into it. and welcome to another episode. I have got just like the perfect guest for you. I say this in every podcast, but please, as you're listening to this, make sure you have your journal, make sure you have a pen, because this is going to be so transformative, what we're going to be talking about today. So the topic that I have for today's conversation is perfectionism. It's a topic, a personality trait, something that I see people identify, but it's one of the things that I see singularly rob so many of us of our dreams and of our self-esteem and how we see ourselves. So I'm going to introduce my guest because she is the expert on perfectionism. Katri, hello, how are you doing? Hello, thank you for having me. I'm very well, thank you. And as you know, I'm excited, as always, to dive into this very meaty topic and hopefully surprise some listeners around some of the areas of perfectionism, maybe even give some revelations to some closet perfectionists that I will explain as to what that is and who that is um, as well, because it is very broad, deep, meaty and important, like you said, important topic because I think it affects so many people negatively, but also it, it doesn't have to. It can be positive. We're, I'm sure, going to dive into that all today. Yeah, sure. So do you just want to, for those who don't know your work already, will you just say what you do and what you're working on at the moment? Totally. So my name is Katri Barrett. I'm a certified life coach, startup business mentor and founder of the Curiosity Club. And with uh, my coaching programs, my speciality, the thing that excites me to help people with is, is helping those those frazzled and doubtful perfectionists, the procrastinators who don't believe that they can get started with things or struggle to kind of do the things that they want to. I help them build really positive emotional and mental habits, learn how to regulate their anxieties and their fears, and ultimately develop unshakable self-belief so that they can create the life they want, do the things that they want, and and those things feel good enough. And then the Curiosity Club is my podcast, which has now evolved um, into, we're about to launch kind of first talking about it here, first time publicly announcing a membership, so when this goes out, which is basically filling the gap of all the life lessons that we weren't taught in school around sex, around our emotions, around money, and just get, equipping people with the really practical knowledge and the support to better show up for themselves, for each other. That's the other side of me. Obviously, at the core of both of those things is personal growth and and really practical, relatable personal kind of growth. Yeah, I love that so much. You and I connected through the PR for the People Facebook group. So shout out to them for connecting us. Really great membership. And I was really attracted to what you do because of the way you talk about all of these different topics. So the money, the relationships, the sex conversations you have, I was all for that. And how, you know, understanding ourselves in one area, whether it is our perfectionist tendencies or understanding ourselves in business really lends a hand for us to have better relationships or better sex lives as we 
get really more intimate self with ourselves and learn more about ourselves. Have you found that to be the case? Totally. I think that's exactly why the Curiosity Club, which started as a podcast as part of my, my coaching business, evolved now. And I wanted to take it further because I, you know, dispute that we are different people at work or at home and we have professional and personal life. Sure, some people might have it slightly different, but the reality is... If we're having a crap time, you know, let's take sex, for example. If we're, we're having a really bad sex life, we're not enjoying sex, we want to have better sex, and we're re- that's really affecting us, we're going to be causing maybe arguments in our relationship. We're going to show up to work and not be able to perform at our best. It's going to impact. It's not separate. We're not different people in all of these lives. The, the common thread is us. So the Curiosity Club, the, the mission behind that is helping the individual, the, like the self, show up in all those different areas. And again, it's not different, you know, when it comes to, the climate emergency, when it comes to issues in society, all of that is how can the individual, how can we empower the individual to show up the the way that they want to? Because the reality is most people want to do more. They want to do better, Mm -hmm. whether that's feel better, whether that's, you know, use less plastic, be better for the environment, be a better ally, all of these things. But they don't know how or there's shame. And that's with the Curious Club. It's like, really kind of debunking some of those hand like helping people feel supported and less alone in experiences that maybe they feel they're weird or they're the only one so having those awkward conversations shedding light on all these things that we have in common yet we probably we don't realize but also then really practical ways of improving each of those areas of life as well yeah so interesting something that you said that I really want to touch on is that we as humans have this desire to be better, to support ourselves better, to be better in our communities and our environments. And I feel like when it comes to someone who identifies as a perfectionist or maybe doesn't know that they identify as a perfectionist, this drive to be better, even though it moves so much of us forward in so many of our goals, it can become something that also stops us from doing new things and creating new things. So do you just want to start by defining what you think perfectionism is and what ways can it negatively or even positively, as you mentioned, affect how we show up to wanting to be better and impact the world? hundred percent. I think it's so great and important to acknowledge that the fact that before I sort of unpack perfectionism, that actually what and this is where the nuance comes into it as always it's about wanting to be better but also at the same time what's imperative is believing that you're also enough at the same time that without doing better you're also enough and worthy and we'll talk about that in more detail the crux is the difference between healthy and unhealthy perfectionism so perfectionism in itself you mentioned is a personality trait and it's a tendency to hold yourself or strive towards very high standards now there's many different types of perfectionism and I'll talk about those a little bit because as people will relate to different things in two sides as I kind of just mentioned there's the healthy adaptive perfectionism and then there's the maladaptive which is the more the unhelpful perfectionism traits and what those potentially look like is healthy perfectionism would be someone who challenges themselves they like you know, they strive to do better, they set themselves high goals and standards. However, they also believe that they're enough when they don't. So when things go wrong, or when things fail, or they don't achieve what they set out to, they don't take it personally, they don't give up, they don't let it affect their self worth or self belief, they learn from it, they have a growth mindset, they think, okay, well, what can I do differently next time? It's that drive. And it's that strive to do better, but it's not the be all and end all. 
they're good enough anyway and they can keep going so that's when it can be the healthy side when it's the what's called maladaptive perfectionism and it can be unhelpful is when someone has extremely high standards that are incredibly unrealistic and these unrealistic expectations of themselves and goals mean they always feel like they're falling short they can never match up no matter what they achieve they still might achieve very high you know achieve all the things they do but it never feels good enough so they always onto the next thing onto the next I've got to do better I've got to do more and when things go wrong there or when you know they might either fail or things go wrong or they're so afraid of failing going wrong they never start in the first place and that is where procrastination comes in it's a form of perfectionism we'll talk about that in a moment that is when it's really really unhelpful it's really insidious and there's so many studies to show that this type of maladaptive perfectionism as a personality trait is really often linked to higher rates of depression anxiety poor body image because you never feel like you're going to be good enough so it's really important to acknowledge the difference between those and often perfectionism is worn like a badge of honor if that individual recognizes that they have it and absolutely it can be a positive trait it's really important to do this work and i think the conversations like this are really important to help people examine their perfectionism or the traits within themselves and something that helps with that is that psychologists paul hewitt dr paul hewitt and dr gordon flett they create something called the multi-dimensional perfectionism scale and this is where they, they broke it up into three different types of perfectionists again and a lot and when people listen to this you might relate to one you might relate to kind of all of them in different ways and those are socially prescribed perfectionists other oriented perfectionists and self-oriented perfectionists so what those are talking around those a little bit self-oriented perfectionist is someone who's got those high standards for themselves this is where it tends to be a bit more of that healthy perfectionism they have a tendency to achieve the goals but they can also swing to maladaptive so so their high standards that's maybe someone who wears that you know they acknowledge i'm a perfectionist maybe they've been called it at school they tend to be the high achievers but it can that scale can move towards maladaptive and then other oriented perfectionism is someone who holds other people to really high standards. They can be quite judgmental of others, very critical of other people. And this can be quite problematic for all kinds of relationships, colleagues, friends, family, romantic relationships, because you always feel like people are letting you down. You never feel like other people are good enough. You can't trust other people to do things because, and often that isn't because of other pe- the other people's capabilities. It's because you're unrealistic expectations of them so that's other oriented perfectionism and then there's what's called socially prescribed perfectionism and this i think is a really interesting one this is personally for me what i i very much fell into in the past and this is where you feel immense pressure to be the best because if you're not other people or society are going to reject you so you believe that either society or your parents or colleagues or whoever it is outside of yourself they will reject you unless you meet these high standards you are very self-critical because of it and it's often because of the pressures of I've got to meet up to my parents expectations I've got to you know do the best in the industry because otherwise I won't succeed because if I'm not you know I mean the the creative industry is hard or whatever it is you're, you're in that often leads to like increased anxiety levels low confidence low self-esteem so people listening might relate to all of those or they might be able to kind of clearly pop themselves in a box but it's it's important to acknowledge the different types of perfectionism and I think a really key one and I know we're gonna we'll talk a little bit around like goals and stuff I know on the podcast you that's what you talk about but a really important one to notice is 
the closet perfectionist. So I've talked about that, you know, bag of honor, someone that might self-identify as a pet perfectionist, or now I've described through those people listening might be like, oh yeah, that is me. There's a more kind of covert perfectionism, which I like to call closet perfectionists. And this is the people who tend to not realize they're perfectionists at all, because their behaviors might not be what they perceive being perfect is. So this is often people who feel they're so far from being perfect and flawless and you know they believe that re- in, deep down they're not good enough, nothing they do is good enough. And this was absolutely me in the past. And it's only in the last three years I realised I was a perfectionist. I'm now 31. So in my whole life, this was impacting my mental health in a huge, you know, huge way, impacting all areas of my life. And it's like this huge revelation saying, oh my God, I'm a, I'm a perfectionist. I, ne- I would never have thought that because I'm a huge procrastinator and all through my life I you know I I coasted through school put off doing everything however I also had many I had various eating disorders really poor body image or and and, uh, bad relationships very you know emotionally abusive relationships because actually I believed that I wasn't good enough to acquire it was that that closet covert perfectionism and you know so procrastination tends to be a really big one of that and often people who because procrastinators tend to not be achieving what they want to, not be where they want to be, maybe career wise or business wise or in their relationships, they're putting things off. They see themselves as so far from being high achievers that they couldn't possibly be a perfectionist. You know, they see themselves as very laid back, like, oh no, that's not me. I'm really laid back. And but secretly they want to achieve, they want to do more, and they tend to put in minimal effort because therefore they can't fail. You know, if I don't try, I've not failed. And that is because you're high, you've got such high expectations of yourselves of what you should achieve that that feels so scary, so daunting that you're like, oh God, well, I can't, I'm not even going to try. What's the point? So there's all different types of perfectionism, but I think that covert perfectionism often because that's the most it can be the most insidious because it's so unrecognized. And as you know, in it being a coach as well, until you recognize something and bring it into your awareness, there's no way of changing it. Yeah. I feel like my brain is literally getting so turned on right now by all the things that you're saying. I'm like, this is so interesting. There's so much. So one of the things, as you were explaining all those different types of perfectionism, one of the things that you kept on coming back to was that I'm not good enough. And I want to make this distinction that there is no human or no goal or no external thing that can make one human more good enough than another. It's almost like the brain has this filter of I'm not good enough and it creates all these results in our lives because we're coming from that filter. When we are in life, we're setting goals for ourselves and we're looking out the kind of things that we want to achieve for ourselves. How does perfectionism sort of the maladaptive type alter our self-worth or our self-esteem in relation to our goals it's hugely impactful and ultimately and all tied in together like you said and all these things we're talking about are so interconnected and influence each other but it's again helpful to understand them on the kind of micro before you can change them on the macro in the same way and thinking of self-worth and self-esteem and self-image they're all part of our of what we, what's called our self-concept so like the how we see ourselves and if we're seeing ourselves as I'm not good enough and we're pinning ultimately with perfections what you're doing is is you're pinning an outcome to determine your self-worth so self-worth is how uh, much you believe yourself to be of value despite all the things you think and believe of yourself so you could have we look at self-esteem self-worth and self-image like self 
esteem tends to be how you think and feel about yourself self image is kind of how you think about yourself like the physical appearance and mentally so your kind of physical attributes but self-worth is kind of your you know your ability your effort your performance so you might actually feel quite bad about yourself not like feel like you're not you know as attractive as other people or successful as other as other people yet know that you're really good at your job you know that you bring value to your job so therefore you've got you can have higher self-worth say lower self-esteem or you might feel pretty good at yourself you know you know you're a decent person a kind person you know you're attractive but you at work when it comes to work you really don't think you bring value to the job you do or the role or in your relationship you might know you're a really good person but actually you think your partner's way better than you and you don't add anything to their life or the relationship. So that's the kind of low self-worth. And the crux issue with perfectionism is you get so caught up on the outcome and the result that that causes you to then, or then, sorry, affects how you show up to the process of something. So let's say goal, so setting goals, like you've got the end goal, which is the result, the outcome. When you're so caught up on that end goal and result and let's say you've got really unrealistic expectations or high standards and it seems like an impossible thing and it seems really big and scary either what that's going to do if we look at those two types of perfectionism or the like you've got the procrastinator and then the the more kind of overt perfectionist it's either going to cause you to feel so intimidated by that goal and it feels so far out of your reach and so impossible an impossible goal that you're like I I can't do it. I'm going to procrastinate. And then you procrastinate, you scroll because you're so daunted about it because you don't believe that you're going to be able to do it because it's really big and scary. Or you're the other type of perfectionist where you can like, you get stuff done and you're high achiever and you're really proactive. But because you're so anxious about the result, oh God, what what people are going to think of me? I've got to do it really well. Otherwise I'm not going to be good enough. I'm not going to get that promotion. My partner will wake up with me. All of those things. I'm only worthy if I achieve that result. That the anxiety and the fear that that causes makes that process of achieving the goal a thousand times more stressful and of course that impacts your performance if you're this i think using work is quite totally quite a tangible way of doing this so you've got a pitch at work a pitch presentation at work someone has if you're just all you're thinking about is got to win that client if i don't win the client then my boss is going to think i'm useless and my job will be at risk i'll never get that promotion i've got to do it perfectly if i mess up one thing and they don't and they don't sign with us like it's a complete failure the pressure that puts on yourself means you probably don't sleep as well so you're tired so you don't create the slides as well you're so worried about doing it perfectly that you nitpicking everything and you second guess it and you overwrite it and it, and it loses its kind of creativity and its natural flow what's your presenting it you're stumbling on your words and you seem unconfident because you're constantly thinking oh god they looked weird then they're not enjoying this you're reading their faces so it, it, it changes how you're so caught up on the outcome it, it, it can spoil how you perform whereas actually if you can adopt that adaptive perfectionism that okay well this is that big thing I want the presentation to go well it's not about lowering your standards but it's about being realistic all I can do is try my best all I can do is give the presentation that I am capable of at this moment and then it's, you know, I can't control whether it's letting control of a go of control of other people's expectations. And what that does is it means you still sleep, you sleep better. So you'll have more energy to do it. You are in the moment rather than living in the future and that anxiety that that brings. And ultimately, like when it comes to setting goals, like our life is made up mostly is going to be of a process and progress. Goals are just going to be like those pinnacle moments, but they're far more fleeting than 
the process it takes to achieve them. So if we can't enjoy the process of something, we can't you know, find that joy or we can't be kind to ourselves in the process, look after ourselves in the process. Actually, we're missing out on like the majority of our of our lives. Mm, so good. And I think one of the things that you're touching on here about enjoying the process and sort of releasing control of those goals is the sense that I believe that in society we sold this image that once we achieve this certain body type once we achieve this amount of numbers of followers on instagram amount of money in the bank life suddenly becomes so much better like we think we're gonna have like a 10k month and all of a sudden you walk around there's just like butterflies singing like you never have a bad day like we're trying to arrive at this place of success and one of the key turning points for me is as I started to achieve things in my life and business was this moment of realizing I'm probably always going to be achieving things I'm happy for like a day two days I celebrate it's great and then life still ticks on as normal I still have the same brain the same emotions like life hasn't drastically changed because I've achieved this and it really forced me to change what goals mean to me like what is the point of creating things for myself if technically life doesn't get better like what do I want that process to be for me and I had to consciously decide that my goal setting process and my achievements was just about blowing my own mind seeing who I could become like can I be someone who is excellent with money who saves who invests who gives to charity and can I do that for myself and enjoy becoming that person I would love to know for you what was the moment that you realized, oh, you're a perfectionist? Or what was the thing that made you realize that, okay, I need to change in how I'm showing up for my life, doing my goals or like whatever it was? So for me, it was the process of building my coaching business and about 18 months in. And similarly, and you, you were related to, so you've touched upon it there, being missold, all of these like 10K months, do a launch and the ma- realizing going through the process and 18 months in realizing oh my gosh so unrealistic all my expectations slow and it was it wasn't like a penny drop moment it was slowly and then I began to learn more about perfectionism I was like oh wow this is this is me um in terms of and realizing that I believed I was only a success going to be a successful coach when I was making six figures and that therefore and and doing 10k months because I was sold and doing you know signing up to all these programs like doing like you know six figure launch which is all complete bull anyway I don't know kind of if I can swear on the podcast but oh it's all rubbish right (laughs) of course that that don't get me wrong that's still I still want those things but the reality is it's going to take far longer than the first year of my business. That because I was starting from scratch in a new city, did, like building up from scratch. You've already got like 300,000, say, community and followers and you're swap, then become some start a business. Of course, you've got that ready-made community. So it was that realization that I was always feeling like I was falling short. And I believed what I do, was doing wasn't good enough. It's never going to happen to me. I then was putting off doing things and really disheartened and basically wasn't enjoying the process. I loved, as soon as I was in client sessions, absolutely loved it. But the business side of things, I found it you know, stressful because of that. When actually I can realize, wait, this isn't me. Because I was so caught up on those 10K months that when I you know, did my first 3K month or my first 4K or 5K, those didn't feel good enough. Whereas actually the issue is what wasn't that I wasn't doing a 10K month. It was that I wasn't, being realistic with my expectations and I and I missed out on enjoying that process because what happens 
is, and this to use, I think it's got, to use an analogy. I love using analogies. Using analogy, what I use a lot is like you know, the uh, a mountain, right? Like the ma- the peak of the mountain is the goal. If you're obsessed with getting to the peak of the mountain on the on the perfect route, the first route that you ma- you look at on the map, but then you go off piste a bit, or you get tired, or it's too hard. That route's too steep, or it's blocked by by you know, there's been a landslide and it's blocked, and you have to go off piste. If you just become obsessed with Oh, I'm a failure now because I I was I want to go that route. I want to go that route. Actually, the other route you go might have better views. You might, it might enjoy it more. But if unless you're present in it and, in, and flexible, like okay, that way's blocked. That way's not for me today. I'm going this way. Oh, look at that amazing view. Oh, there's a perfect seat here. Oh, a, a, a picnic ready for me to snack on. <laughs> All of these things that you wouldn't notice if you're just consumed in your mind, like. I'm a failure. It didn't go according to plan. And that is the difference. It's being, and when it comes to goals, it sounds like you've kind of been on a similar journey with, with this. And it's the massive misconception with goals is that they're only a success if you achieve them 100%. Mm. And, that, that, so good. It is, and it's not, and I think that's such a, and this was me in the past. And actually that's so not, that's just not the case. And with my coaching clients, I'm always encouraging them to see it. A successful person who achieves what they want to isn't someone who's achieved every goal perfectly. It's someone who, when they realize something isn't going to happen or something goes wrong, that path gets blocked they're flexible and they adapt. They're like, they reroute. They either change the, the end goal or they change the route and the process that they're doing something. And most importantly, they enjoy that. They recognize the progress they've already made rather than how far they still got to go. And they are able to like, just find joy in the little things rather than getting so caught up in that future event because that is most of life. But yeah, I went off piece there with my <laughs> with uh, how it related to me, but all of those things. It's as I'm sure you know, building a business, especially in, in in coaching in the world, being in a personal growth and development world and wellness world, you learn a lot about yourself because obviously it's the nature of the work and it's so you know incredible for for that and helpful. Yeah, totally. Like 100% agree. Like I loved you going off piece, your analogy there. Like it's so visual. And I loved how you explained like going up the mountain and realizing the goal, the achieving a successful goal isn't about achieving the thing. It's about the process to get there and really becoming that person. I love that. One of the things that I notice in my clients is the negative self-talk. And I think for many people listening to this, it's the negative self-talk that comes with goal setting that really stops people from trying or makes any failure along that process feel so bloody painful. When you've got your self-worth attached onto a goal, as you said, it makes that process feel really painful, really daunting. You question if you're good enough. Should you just go back down the mountain? What is everybody else saying about you who's seeing this failure? Your brain sort of like magnifies it to way bigger. Do you have any practical tips that you would suggest on really separating failure and things going wrong from how we see ourselves? Definitely. And there's many things. One of the main sort of, I I see it as a revelation, but it might, it's quite a confronting one. Instead of seeing failure as something you need to try and mitigate and avoid, start practicing because it will take time. And like I said, it's confronting. Start seeing failure as inevitable. Failure is part of your process. It isn't something you need to avoid because if you try to avoid failure, you're going to probably avoid success as well. Failure and success are 
the same thing because in terms success might be the the latter part but in order to get there you've got to move through failure and that is the difference of a successful person whatever that looks like it's so subjective to you whatever that looks like as the individual but the person you that whoever's listening that you think of who you aspire to be that successful person it might be you know many different realms it might be someone in a relationship or it might be someone career focused might be a politician whoever it is hold that person in your mind the only way reason they got there is because every time they failed every time they fell down they didn't take it personally and they carried on they moved through it they thought what can i learn okay well what can i do differently and that takes practice but it isn't something to be avoided. It's something to be embraced. It doesn't mean it's going to be not, it's going to be easy. It doesn't mean it's not going to be hard. It doesn't mean it's not going to hurt, but it happens. It happens to everyone. It happens to the best of us. So seeing it as a part of the process rather than a possibility. Mm, I love that in a real tangible sense. I love to talk about what's possible when we really, what we're saying is to feel the feelings, like get burnt, like experience that failure as real as that may be all the rejection and disappointment that comes up and allow that to be there because you really don't know what could happen next I want to get a little bit woo because that's what I'm all about but one of my clients I'm currently working with in July she had one of her lowest months in terms of sales in her business and I really loved how she showed up because she was like oh no it doesn't mean anything. One of the things that we started working on is this idea that it could all change in an instance. What has happened in the past doesn't have to define the future. And August has turned out to be one of her best months yet on record. And I think that when we are avoiding failure and avoiding our feelings, we can think that that these emotions last forever and that it's never going to get better and that we're always going to be getting the same results. And when it comes to creating our goals and manifesting and achieving anything, it's always this focus on letting go of the circumstances and deciding what you want to make this circumstance mean for the journey or the story of your life. One of the things I love to do is to tap into that future self, as you mentioned, and to ask yourself, that person who's achieved this goal, how would they describe this moment? And it's really interesting because your future self that has also gone through that failure, they'll probably be looking back like, look at her failing, like messing things up and she's still going, she's still got it. I actually love my past self for putting me through all of those things. And I think even when you think about it like that way, the failure gives you this opportunity to really love yourself harder than you've ever been loved before and develop that closer relationship with yourself. Absolutely, 100%. And I think often the reality is the fear of failing impacts you and hurts a lot more than the failure it does. Like often in a, you, you come into business, the fear of that you know, you're putting in something new out there, a new service, the fear that no one will start, sign up to that will impact you negatively so much more than actually the times as it's happened, it's happened many to you, me, I'm sure it has to you as well, that I've spent months creating something and no one signs up or one person signs up or I've run an event and no one shows up. Mm. Actually, when that happens, it hurts a lot less than what I thought it would. And, and if I hadn't have worried about it, I would have saved myself a lot of time, a lot of stress. And actually the, the, what I've learned is what not to do. And you, I think you learn so much more when things go wrong than you do when it's plain sailing. That's that's yes. <laughs> because you learn what not to do, and that can be so much more valuable. If if everything went right all the time, and this is the same thing, often you know, we're talking about emotions with with coaching clients as well. Like 
lots of people come to coaching I don't think it's the same about you it's slightly different because I know you, you have um, business coaching but people always say I just want to be happy I just want to feel happy all of the time and I'm like no you don't because and the same is you don't want everything you do to go right because if it does you will never learn anything you would literally if everything everything you ever tried to do was a success you wouldn't know how to do better at it because you wouldn't need to and and I think actually when we think about it like that you're like oh it's again quite confronting but it's it's true and we all can think I'm sure people can think of people who had everything handed to them on a plate and actually are they resilient no can they handle things when things go wrong because things are going to like out so many things out of your control and the people who have navigated challenges who have moved through it and who haven't avoided challenges of uh, and that risk of failure they are the most resilient knowledgeable wise and ultimately I believe successful people I so 100% agree and you're right it's so confronting because I had this show up for me personally with money I used to always want like someone to come down and just give me a bunch of money like I wanted to inherit it win the lottery and then I remember being in a session with a coach I was being coached and she said you know, if you could go out and create the money that you want, instead of asking someone to give it to you, you will learn the skill of creating money. It's like someone could give you £10,000 or you could learn how to create it again and again and again. And when we're trapped in perfectionism, we really miss that, that it's the skill of being able to do something, the skill of building an audience, the skill of, you know, whatever it is, is so much more valuable than that single pinnacle outcome itself and that was a painful realization for me but also so freeing it gave me so much energy to really show up for my goals I have now with so much joy vigor love and I'm gonna say devotion we've covered so much in this conversation I would love to know is there anything that we haven't spoken about that you'd love to address I think it's more just like really enforcing the kind of what to look out for for people and then like the how to kind of begin to mitigate it for themselves so it's noticing the subtler signs of perfectionism achieving goals but not they're not feeling good enough and I think so that it might be you get that promotion but you're still like oh okay well on to the next or if you're always in that onto the next feeling you maybe someone that you massive goals when buying a house you get the house you still don't feel good you get in the relationship that you've always wanted you still don't feel good that is a sure sign that there's perfectionism at play and until you work on that nothing you achieve or do will ever or have will ever feel good enough also that procrastination if you're a procrastinator and even if it this feels like such an alien thing to you that you could possibly be a perfectionist because you're like I'm so far from that I live in chaos and I never achieve any I never like do the things I want to it's perfection it's it's covert perfectionism (laughs) and again you can absolutely work on it and the key elements to kind of working on that is to recognize that perfection is an illusion nothing is perfect and actually even if you don't use the word consciously or cognitively think the word perfect it will be things like someone's life that house everything needs to be tidy if um, I'm a failure unless I have that I'm realizing it's all it's all an illusion it never it doesn't actually exist and catching that not that thinking the thoughts that all or nothing that I'm either a success or a failure no actually if your goal is to do a 10k month and you do a 5k month and before you've only ever done a 4k month that's just that's still a success celebrate the wins that however small and accept failure as a part of the process not as something to avoid I think it's like fundamental to all of it totally I 100% agree I love all of the things that you shared on this episode I think that 
one of the main takeaways that I would love people to take away from this discussion is that no matter where you are in your life, in your business or relation to your goals, they don't have to mean anything negative if you don't want to. You get to define that process. I love how you said that. If you had a goal for 10K and you make 5K and you've only made four before, that's still a win. You're still, you're on the way there if that is still your goal. Why not try again? Why not do it differently? Why not learn? Why not fail abundantly all the way there? I love that. Failing abundantly. That's, yeah, that's exactly it. Failing doesn't mean that you're doing less than. Like, just because something feels hard doesn't mean that you're necessarily doing something wrong. It's just because it's hard. Doing a 10K month is hard. (laughs) Like, that is why. Yeah, totally. And it's like, I feel like sometimes things can be uncomfortable and our brain is wanting to make it more comfortable. We're like, oh, it's because I'm not good enough. That's why this thing is hard maybe it's just a hard thing to do. Like maybe it really is just challenging. Katri, I want to thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I have one more question for you before we go. And it's my wild card question. I love this question because I get so many. It just throws people off guard. I'm like, oh, loves it. I want you to imagine that tomorrow the slate was totally wiped clean in terms of all the things that you've done, achieved and created. You get this opportunity to rebuild something again, but you can only take three tools with you. They can be lessons that you've learned, physical tools. We've had someone take a diet Coke with them. Your non-negotiable things that you're going to use to rebuild your life again. What three tools would they be? Oh, such a good question. So it would definitely be... I'm going to have to think about this. There's my mind like, with all the different things, tangible things as well. Oh, it would have to be like my ability somehow to listen to either audiobooks or podcasts to learn things. A hundred percent. Cause that's just like, or like content like has checked, like changed my life in so many ways like that. It's so accessible. A hundred percent. That would also be the knowledge that, it probably be around the fate, like knowing that you're still something's still worthwhile, even if it's not like exactly what you envisioned it. Like I think that that knowledge of oh, that still worked out okay, even though it wasn't as I planned. I'm still okay. Like just that the wisdom that comes with that is so important. Yeah, I I think it would just make life a lot more fun. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh, yeah, because I mean, you wouldn't just avoid again, just avoiding like waiting like I've spent years of my life in the past putting off until I've felt ready and then realizing oh actually readiness and I suppose maybe that's more of the crux of it as well not waiting when I'm in this new life like not waiting to feel ready I won't ever feel ready just do the thing (laughs) that that is the crux that has been like one of my you know biggest learnings in life and I still you know I still have to check myself on that all the time totally You've got one more tool to take with you. One more, I know. I'm thinking, I'm like, what is that? (laughs) Buying yourself time. (laughs) Oh, I know. I say, wistfully looking off. Depends where I'm going in this new life. But nature, like, as I did when I moved to London, to my new life in London from the countryside, if I don't get a fix of nature, like, I feel it. My mind is not in a good place. So obviously coming to London, I'm, I'm very lucky that I live right next to Brockwell Park and I can see trees, but I had to bring inside some nature. So depending on where I'm going, nature, so either take myself to being like on a beach or in some trees or 
I'm inside, so we're bringing that nature inside. Like that to me is like so important to my mental and emotional well-being. I love that. When you said in some trees, I literally imagined you up in a canopy, like building your new life. Like I'm happy. No one could get me down from here. Love that so much. Katri, thank you so much for sharing all of your amazing wisdom on the episode. Where can people find you if they loved you and they want to get in touch with what you do and your work? So you can find me on all socials of Instagram is my main sort of place. TikTok, I'm there. Twitter on at Katri Barrett. And the Curiosity Club is at the underscore Curiosity Club. And if you head over there, there's all the links to our website, our amazing personal essays where we share the stories of, you know, real life people and the challenges that they're going through, the podcast and our brand new membership. If you want to get on the waiting list for that, you can head over there and, and join and let's learn a little bit more together amazing thank you so much for sharing and thank you everyone for tuning in please let Katri know that you enjoyed this episode and I'll see you next week take care if you enjoyed listening to this podcast you're gonna want to get in touch to coach with me one-on-one we take all of these concepts and materials apply them to your brain and your business so we can get you to your next level join me by going to www.kyramatthews.com forward slash next level that's www.kyramatthews k-i-r-a matthews.com forward slash next level to get your space to coach with me one-on-one I can't wait to see you there